Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And we're going to have a really special episode today talking with Troy Glock, the Executive Director of Program Services for Gifford Farms, uh, which is a farm that's owned by one of our ESUs here in Nebraska, ESU 3. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity not too long ago to go out and check out Gifford Farms. So we're going to have a little bit of a chat about what ESU 3 is able to provide with regards to services through that programming. And so, Troy, welcome to the pod. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to share the Gifford Farms story. Yeah, well, and before we even get to the story about Gifford Farms, can you share with me uh, how you came to be in this particular role? I was a, a teacher coach for a lot of years out at Grand Island Northwest High School. So that was, that was my passion. And so I did that for 16 years out of Grand Island Northwest High School. The last two years, I was a director of an alternative high school at Grand Island Northwest. And then uh, from there, we, we came back east to eastern Nebraska. I grew up in Wahoo, but I got a job as assistant principal activities director at Douglas County West and Valley. And so I did that for six years. And then, of course, I've been at the ESU now three years. Uh, and so what was appealing to you about this opportunity with Gifford Farms? Uh, and maybe get a, I can get a little bit of the backstory about Gifford at the same time. Um, again, it's a, it's a unique position. Program services so it encompasses several programs and departments here at the ESU. So I get to work with our, we're the fiscal agent for our Head Start program. So we employ about 40, 45 staff there. We serve about 150 kids in Sarpy County. And so uh, with my admin degree, I do all the teacher observations for that program. And then uh, of course, Gifford Farm that we'll get into here in a little bit, but then also a lot of people don't know that we run a driver's ed program. We serve three or 400 kids in the metro area. And so a lot of different programs, departments, but it's a unique position, but it's, it's enjoyable because just it's, it's so different. All the programs are a little unique, but the good part is I have a, a lot of great people in all the different programs, departments. And so really, I've really enjoyed the job here at ESU3. You know, and I find the more I'm in this role, it is hard to work in a service agency without wearing a multitude of hats because uh, there is a lot of support that's needed out there uh, and a lot of leadership. And so really great to hear and learn about. I, that has to be fun. Yeah, getting a chance to work with uh, all those different initiatives and programs. Yeah, never in my wildest dreams did I think that I uh, work for an ESU3, but then uh, getting the opportunity and then seeing all the great things from professional learning to student services to our IT department. It's just a lot of services that I wasn't even aware of that we offer. We're here to serve our school districts. Well, and Gifford Farms is one of the ways in which we're able to do that as an ESU network and specifically at ESU3. So uh, could you share with me a little bit about the backstory with Gifford Farms and how ESU3 came to own that farm? Yeah, of course. The Gifford uh, Farm, it starts with the Gifford family and they bought the property. They bought Gifford Point, um, which is probably uh, right around 1,200 acres back in the uh, 1920s. And so it went through several generations of the Gifford family. And then back in the late 50s, uh, Bob and Marcy Mann, they were the caretakers of the, of the farm from late 50s to the mid 90s. And so they offered farming, ag education to local schools or community groups. And so the Mann family inspired the Gifford family to donate the property to that cause. And so back in the 70s, 
early 80s, the Gifford family donated the land to the state of Nebraska. And then the state of Nebraska gave it to the Metro Education Association, and they had it for eight to 10 years. And then the ESU was given the property back in 1989. So ESU has actually owned the property since 1989. We currently have about 400 acres uh, that we can use. We have about 300 acres that we rent out for rental income, but then we use approximately 100 on a regular basis. Uh, So on that 100 that you use, as you were mentioning there, for those that have not had the good fortune to visit your site, uh, what would they find? Like what's actually there now? Yeah, so you drive down through Fontenot Forest, and uh, yeah, if you've never been down, I, I recommend visiting. But it's a it's a beautiful property. We have uh, six to seven uh, buildings. We have a classroom down there that we can uh, use for different activities. But we have a big hay barn that we can turn into multi-purpose classroom. But we have horses, donkeys, chickens. Uh, we believe it or not, we have a llama too. But uh, any kind of uh, farm animal, we have it at, at the farm. And it's a beautiful property. The good part is our board believes in the program and they've been willing to invest some funds to help make the necessary improvements for us to be successful going forward. And having visited your location myself, you're right. You kind of are winding through Fontenelle Forest and all of a sudden you come out and it opens up and you're just on this picturesque little farm that, I don't know, for me on a personal level, harkens back to my childhood. My mom's side of the family, uh, we have a family farm that's been in our family for 175 years. And it is always surprising to me with my own children who have grown up in Omaha, how much that life is not something that they're very familiar with. And so as I take my own kiddos back to our family farm and see them getting a chance to interact with animals and be in that space and learn a little bit about that lifestyle, which is really what what it becomes for those families that run farms, uh, it is great that the metro area has a location like this so that others can have a similar type of exposure and experience as well. And so uh, is that kind of part of the vision with these opportunities? I mean, we speak to the services a little bit that go on in those spaces. Yeah, of course, we have an ag education program that we serve a lot of elementary students, K through five for the most part. But again, a lot of kids maybe aren't familiar with where their food comes from. So, of course, that's a goal just to make sure that kids understand where their food comes from. And then we also go into discussions about byproducts of our farm animals. And uh, it's the being able to touch and feel, get up close to the farm animals and have those experiences that a lot of metro area kids don't get that opportunity. And so not only do we have the farm program that, of course, is our most popular program, but we also offer history program that we can serve area students with. And then this past year, we were awarded a $35,000 grant from Facebook. And so we're able to purchase a new planetarium so we can take that planetarium out to school districts. And so that's another great opportunity that we offer um, that's unique, of course. And then uh, we also offer outdoor nature classroom, other uh, team challenge and, and different activities. But of course, the Gifford Farm program, we serve probably the most guests. Yeah. And while I was out there, I actually had the opportunity to record some of the live sessions, uh, some of the, just the energy from the students and some of the instruction from uh, a few of the sessions I had an opportunity to drop in on. And so I'm going to add a few of those to the podcast. We don't usually do this. We're going to add some live audio in here, uh, what that sounds like, and then we'll get back to the conversation. Can anybody share with me what 
Okay, livestock is one big part of it. We talked about livestock today. What else did we get to talk about? It's growing livestock and growing crops. Perfect, right? Okay, so agriculture is the science of growing crops and raising animals, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're growing those crops and raising those animals. So what are some examples of crops that our farmers in Nebraska raise? Does anybody know? Crops and raise. Okay, so I'm pretty fascinated about this planetarium and this grant. I feel like there's more to that story. You sort of just glossed over, like, get into that a little bit more. Is this for an entire classroom? What kind of uh, instruction goes on there? And yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit more about that particular service. Yeah, our old planetarium is probably close to 15 or 20 years. And so, of course, we're looking at uh, opportunities to try to find a way to purchase a new one because our old uh, planetarium was pretty much a old uh, lamp. So I guess the sophistication level of our old planetarium just wasn't as good as it needs to be. And so we're trying to find avenues to uh, purchase a new one. And so uh, we saw that Facebook, Sarpy County Facebook, offers opportunities to area metro school districts or ESUs, opportunities to apply for a grant. And so we took advantage of applying for that grant. And lo and behold, I mean, who gets the opportunity to get $35,000 in a grant? And we were fortunate enough to get that grant. And now, of course, we just take it out. It, the program is usually about an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Um, again, it's K through eight, but again, it's a large dome. You can fit anywhere from probably 30 to 40 students inside this blow up planetarium dome. And again, it's just, it's a picture of the sky and the planetarium. It, it's a great opportunity for our local school districts. Again, we'll take it wherever we've even taken, taken it as far as uh, Columbus, Nebraska. Wow. And yeah, got to be an upgrade from that rotating lampshade that we were talking about. <laughs> so that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and something, something I'll have to, I'd love to experience that myself and check that out at some point in time. Uh, another personal connection that I have to Gifford Farms actually, and worth bringing up at this point in our list of services here is that on a pretty regular basis here at ESU3, we have the opportunity to purchase eggs. And that is something that I know is in conjunction with Brook Valley. So uh, could you I'll just share a little bit about that service? Yeah. So going back to my days at Grand Island Northwest, I was director of an alternative program. And so I have a passion for those kids that maybe struggle in the regular classroom. And so we're a working farm, but I wanted to find opportunities where those kids could also find service learning opportunities to work at the farm. And so Brook Valley students come down twice a week and not only do they help us with service learning, but they also do help us with some of the chores. And one of those chores, of course, is collecting eggs. And so they help us collect eggs on a regular basis and then they clean the eggs and then they're able to bring the eggs back. And one of their staff members, Jolene Neiman, who should take a lot of credit for this program, every couple of weeks they offer a school store at the ESU. And so they're able to sell those eggs. And again, the neat part about that is just the pride that the kids take from that opportunity. And, uh, you know, if you work hard at something and see positive results, it's just a win-win for everybody. Uh, it makes me smile hearing you talk about that because I'm thinking about all of the interactions that I'm able to have when I go and purchase eggs uh, like today. <laughs> so uh, they're delicious. And it is also really nice to uh, get a chance to interact with those students and to see exactly what you're talking about, that they do as they have their little storefront, take great pride in what they're doing. 
Uh, and I appreciate the unique opportunities that are provided through that effort through Gifford Farms and ESU3. And so i uh, really grateful that we get to showcase that a little bit on today's pod. Uh, another thing that we discussed a little bit prior to recording today, uh, as is the case in so many situations in education, the pandemic and pandemic learning scenarios brought about change. Some of those in the moment were negative with the adverse conditions and and things of that nature, Uh, but some of them actually bore out some positive longer term results because of the shifts. And so what were some of those, we'll call them like COVID time solutions that I know have led to new programming that you all provided? Yeah, uh, when COVID hit, uh, there weren't many opportunities for students to be on site or classrooms to be on site. Uh, we couldn't go to the locations that we normally go to. So, of course, then we're all sitting around the table saying, hmm, how can we find ways to uh, still serve our students, our teachers? And so we did start doing virtual learning opportunities. And so we were able to use the Zoom technology prior to a couple of years ago, we didn't have high speed internet. And so we didn't have that opportunity. So that was another upgrade that we've been able to get the last couple of years. Again, it's not the best opportunity. We'd rather have kids on site and, and be able to touch and feel the animals. But I was really proud of our staff to just come up with some of those ideas. We're still able to get into the classrooms virtually. Um, And so we did, that was an opportunity that was unique. And then also uh, through that, we were able to just look at opportunities with social emotional learning. Social emotional learning is just giving opportunities for kids to just cope better. So it's responsible decision-making, it's self-management, it's relationship skills. And so we, we were able to work on that during the COVID time. So once we were able to open up, then we could provide those opportunities. Another neat program that through COVID and just the need is uh, self-care for adults. And so we put together a program We really focused in on what do teachers need, and so we create a program that has four different topics, one being the importance of relationships and how really one person can make a difference. Um, These aren't necessarily rocket science ideas, but they're just simple, but being at the farm, having the fresh air, open space, the goal, of course, is just to help each individual get a little better, maybe self-reflect, and of course, have a little fun. So the different topics were the importance of relationships and how you can make a difference for others. Um, communication. We, every organization, I think if you take a poll, in many cases, geez, the communication's not where it needs to be. And so we talk about those frustrations and why communication is frustrating. But then also important piece of communication is, well, what kind of listener are you? How can you incorporate some of those skills of being a good listener? We do a sensory awareness piece that's really good. And then also burdens in our life. And again, with each one of those programs, we incorporate our animals. We give facts about the animals. Um, with the burdens topic, we look at the history of the donkey and how, how the donkey has been used. But then we get into, on that donkey, we, we just put luggage upon luggage. And so we keep piling things on. And so how do we deal with those burdens and discuss some of the things? Well, yeah. And when I was there, I had the opportunity to see a lot of that in action. I was really impressed with the degree to which those SEL lessons were embedded into some of the things you talked about earlier, learning about the farm and learning about animals, as you were mentioned there, particularly with a donkey. And uh, and that that's something that's been intentional across the various instructional opportunities that take place on your site. 
Uh, and you mentioned it earlier, it doesn't always necessarily have to be, I feel like, innovative, even when it comes to things like self-care and wellness, as much as it is intentionality. Uh, and you can certainly see that being prevalent across uh, that instructional design. So uh, that was really great. Uh, it actually, I think this kind of pivots nicely to the thing that I was hoping to bring up with you next, and, and that is uh, to get to some of these call to action, right? So if we're going to say, like, for those listening in, intently, right? We just said it's important to be a good listener <laughs> and the communication can be tough about the things that are out there for all of us, uh, which is why we have a podcast. So let's go ahead then and communicate some opportunities for others to connect and to utilize some of the services that are going on at Gifford. And one of those, uh, it sounds like at least, is a, the potential for some future virtual options. Uh, and so I want to bring that up wearing my digital learning coordinator hat and say that you and I have had some conversations about maybe moving forward to provide some of those types of experiences asynchronously or synchronously. Uh, is that a goal at some point? I know we're not maybe quite ready to share that out yet, but I uh, love the thought of that. Yeah, I think the more partnerships that we can create, the better. But using your expertise, there's no reason that we couldn't be in providing a virtual field trip for kids on a range of topics. And so I think that's an opportunity for us. We can do the elementary programming in our sleep. We're really good at that. But the other piece that I think we need to continue to explore is the high school kids. What opportunities can we provide those high school kids with? I know Omaha Brian, we have a good relationship with them right now. They're coming out on a regular basis. And then Ralston just started an ag program. And so we're really looking forward to building a relationship with the Ralston team and those kids. And so that's a piece. And then also, again, the alternative opportunities. We have a Bellevue East group coming down on a regular basis and then continuing to explore other partnerships. So in the midst of those collaborations and in support of districts and their ag programs, is that where the internship programs that we've talked about come in? Because I know you mentioned that that's something that is certainly available and out there for kiddos also. Yeah, our internship kind of evolved out of a relationship with the Latino Center. So we have a partnership with them in different aspects. But again, they're able to uh, leverage federal workforce dollars. And so they have kids that are interested in teaching or education and also hopefully um, interested in farming and ag education as well. But then uh, we're going to have five or six interns from June through early August, and they're going to be able to be down on the farm for five to six hours every single day. The good part is they're going to get a great experience because the summer times when we offer our summer camps, so they'll get opportunities to work with younger kids, and these are high school students, so they'll be able to see what it's like to be able to come up with a lesson, but then also get paid for that opportunity as well. And so we're really looking to build that. And I think there could be some opportunities for us to do that year round. A lot of seniors anymore, they have all their credits satisfied. And so a lot of them may be after lunch, they just go get a job. But I think we could be there then to provide another opportunity for kids that are interested in teaching education or farming or ag ed as well. And so I think that's a possible avenue for us as well. I absolutely love that. And that, uh, right, it's just one partnership, that one with the Latino Community Center. And I know from even my visit that day that you have uh, extended that partnership network. So maybe speak to that as well, some of those other partnerships that, that you have developed with organizations from across the state. I've been Gifford Farm for three years, and I got to give credit to Kelly Taylor, the, the coordinator at the farm. She's down there every single day. I'm not down there every day. But one thing we've really tried to do is open our doors up to everybody. 
different community groups. For example, Creighton, ROTC, um, we allow them to come down and train in our woods. Okay. But then we also, and we haven't talked about this yet, we also have three or four community events that we have uh, anywhere from 800 to 1,000 guests. And so for us to staff an event like that, that's not easy. But the good part is we've worked a relationship. Creighton ROTC comes down four or five times, uses our woods to train. But guess what? Now they're willing to volunteer at some of our community events, and they do a tremendous job. Of course, they're respectful, timely, and they're good people. So we appreciate that relationship. And whether it be, I think there's some possibilities with community colleges, Midland University just started an ag program. And so we need to find ways to be busy every single day. And I, I'm very proud of, you know, we've gone through the 2019 flood, of course, we had to recover from that. And that wasn't easy because we lost a lot of things in the flood, but we rebuilt. But then uh, we're starting to get busy. If you would look at the calendar from now and through all of July, there aren't many days where we don't have something going on at the farm. And so I'm very proud of the way that we're coming out of COVID. Again, it's, you know, we're still not at capacity yet, but our staff has done a good job of looking outside the box. We've done a lot of a lot of unique things that we've never done at the farm before, like the Brook Valley kids, the Bellevue East students coming down on a regular basis. So it's a beautiful place, like you said at the beginning, when you drive down there, it just really makes you slow down and take your time and just reflect on really, you know, what's important. And when I drive back out of the farm, it just, it's, it's refreshing. I hope all of our guests have that sense of reflection and we're just trying to provide a great hands-on education experience. But then not only do we want them to learn about ag education, farming, those are all important. But then, like you also mentioned, the SEL component, we want to help the students just be better people too. It has so much potential, Andrew, and uh, it's really, and you've seen it, it's a beautiful place. And I appreciate the support from Dr. Snows. Our board is very supportive of all the things that we're doing. And then I really look forward to the relationship that we can possibly do some things that we haven't ever done either as far as the virtual field trip opportunities. And uh, it's really an exciting time to be a Gifford Farm. Well, and if you are listening in and you're captivated by that description and the passion that uh, I know Troy and and the other people that uh, work out at Gifford Farms have for that programming, uh, it's open to the public. Uh, And so maybe that'll be our last piece here. Kind of speak to what opportunities others might have to come check out the farm for themselves. Yeah, that's just another example of something that we didn't do prior to COVID, prior to the 2019 flood. And, And that's a credit to Kelly Taylor, the coordinator. And again, she came up with the idea that why shouldn't we be open uh, to the public from time to time? Because there's a need. And for us right now, it's Tuesdays from 10 to 2 o'clock. We're open to the public. And so anybody can come down. It's uh, $5 a person, but that's really affordable. And then each day they have a theme for different activities that they have down there. But uh, Again, we're really trying to think outside the box on a lot of different things down there. And that's just one example of just being open to the public to serve our community. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed my visit and it's been great getting the opportunity to chat with you and learn more. Even again, like from our conversation today, I would encourage others to reach out, to connect. If they would like to do that, what's the ideal way in which to get more information and to reach out? Yeah, I guess if you need to get a hold of anybody, you could contact uh, Kelly Taylor. She is the Gifford Farm uh, coordinator. 
Her number is 402-597-4920, or you can email her at ktaylor at esu3.org. But uh, please reach out if you have any questions about Gifford Farm or or if you'd like to uh, bring your group down. Uh, Well, Troy, thank you so much for your time, for all of your leadership uh, in providing yet another amazing service that we have in our ESU network statewide on a really unique one here at ESU3. And so I'm just really grateful for all that. And I hope that everyone listening gets a chance to connect with Gifford Farms at some point in the not too distant future. So uh, thanks again. Thank you, Andrew. 